0: Welcome back to part two of making 2022 your best year ever with episode number one hundred and ninety one. On the importance of thinking differently and choosing faith over fear, as we continue our deep dive into Napoleon Hill's classic book, Think and Grow Rich, that has sold over 15 million copies worldwide. For those new or returning guests, welcome back to Season 7 of our podcast. I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and educator from Toronto, Canada, now in Arizona, and like many of you who tune in, have been fascinated with learning, understanding, and applying the most current brain research to improve productivity in our schools, our sports, and workplace environments. This month I decided to share my notes with you on a book that I've been studying every year with Paul Martinelli, who has studied the book for most of his career. It's a life-changing book. On our first episode and part one of this book study, where we cover the author's introduction and desired chapter, we opened with a quote from undercover billionaire Grant Cardone, who said, in order to get to the next level of whatever you're doing, you must think and act in a wildly different way than you previously have been. And this is where I wanted to begin this episode with reviewing chapter one, Thoughts or Things, with the idea that we must think in a wildly different way than we previously have to obtain new results in 2022. So how do we think in a wildly different way to get new results? The answer is by expanding our awareness. I'm sure you see now why studying Think and Grow Rich by reading and thinking about every word we're reading is so very important. We could spend a whole year studying this book, which is why I think we should all keep reading it, gaining more awareness long after January and this book study ends. Look at it this way. Remember the last lesson where we looked at how ideas are formed and how it's up to us to act on our ideas and bring them to fruition? Look at the image in the show notes of the levels of frequency and think of this as an example of where you are now or your current thoughts, feelings, and actions that you're living with, giving you a certain result. Then imagine all the lines above where you are now leading to where you want to go. Think of these frequencies like radio stations to tune into the radio station you want. You need to turn the dial to that frequency. This is exactly the same idea to think about when we want to tune into the frequency that our goal exists on. And it won't be with the same level of thinking that you have at your current level. That's the whole point of Marshall Goldsmith's book. What got you here won't get you there. How successful people become even more successful. To attain your goal or a new result, you'll need to think and act in a wildly different way than you previously have been, like Grant Cardone reminded us. That's because the goal is on a different frequency than where you are now. To hit this new target, you'll need to think new thoughts, take new actions that will create new results, and none of them will be what you're currently doing. When I first saw this image, I remember wondering, well, how on the earth do I magically get on the same vibration as the thing I really want? And the first time I did this exercise, I wrote down that I wanted to live in the United States when I lived in Toronto at the time, and I had no idea how would even make this happen. In the beginning, we don't need to know all the details of how we will do what we wanna do. So how do you move to a new frequency? Over the years, and once I'd achieved a few goals this way, it became obvious how this works. Think back five years ago to the person you were then. You've probably grown and changed since then, and you may be nothing like the person you once were. You had new experiences that took you to a new frequency. It can happen with a new job, where you must think an entirely different way than you had to with a previous job, Or maybe you moved to a new location like i did and had new experiences that have changed you now you can see the importance of why napoleon hill called this book think and grow rich because it's crucial that we change our thinking to obtain the new results we're looking for when we change our thinking we'll have new experiences that will change our conditions circumstances and environment changing our vibration or frequency level and put us exactly where we need to be for the attainment of our goal only then will we be able to look back and explain how we did it to others yesterday i ran into my good friend jeff gould on the hiking trails he's otherwise known as south mountain cowboy and he's been horseback riding on these mountains for the past 40 years and he looks so much younger than most of us who run up and down the hills daily While chatting with Jeff, who's a huge supporter of this podcast, he shared what he's learning from the episodes. And that's that he's always challenging himself to think differently by tuning into different podcasts, which is probably what keeps him looking and feeling so young. I agreed with him that happiness comes naturally when we do what we love and continually challenge ourselves to grow and live life doing whatever it is that makes us happy. It's a simple formula really we radiate energy when we're doing what we love and enjoy the most aligning ourselves with more and more experiences as we continually expand and grow in pursuit of our vision. Can you see now how 2022 can be your best year ever it just takes your vision and your will to achieve it and I love seeing people like Jeff living their dream on a daily basis. In chapter one, The Power of Thought, Napoleon Hill talks about Edwin C. Barnes, who also had a vision that he wanted to achieve when he thought his way into a partnership with Thomas Edison. Hill shares how Barnes had this burning desire to work with Thomas Edison. This was his goal and it was way out there for him because he didn't even know Edison and he was short on money to pay for his rail fare to get him to New Jersey to meet him. Barnes overcame all the obstacles he faced, and Edison described meeting the man he would eventually partner with by recalling the day he arrived. He said, he stood there before me looking like an ordinary tramp, but there was something in the expression of his face which conveyed the impression that he was determined to get what he'd come after. Edison recognized the look in his eyes, and it was what allowed him to eventually go into partnership with Barnes who had no money or influence to bring to the table, but he did have initiative, faith, and the will to win, which is all Edison needed to see. Barnes thought wildly different to obtain what he wanted, and Edison picked up the energy or vibration that came from him, and it was easy for him to trust this was going to be a lucrative partnership. There are more examples in this chapter that I hope you'll read to see why we should never quit when we experience defeat and why persistence is a power that often gets a person what they want, but only when that person persists long after most people would usually give up. Have you ever seen this principle in action? I saw an example of this recently while researching Dr. David Sinclair, who we covered on episode 189, When I uncovered that he had to self-fund his trip from Australia to MIT in the US to interview to work in their lab, which he did. He didn't let his lack of funds stop him from finding his way to MIT, and he had many obstacles to overcome when he would eventually begin his work, where he experienced criticism for the direction he wanted to take when the other researchers questioned whether aging was even a thing to study. He had a clear vision of what he wanted, and he didn't let any obstacles get in his way, even though he faced many that began in his early days, and it was just something he had to push through. Which brings us to chapter two, desire, and why we must know what we want with a crystal clear vision, and hold an unwavering belief that we can have it, and expect that we'll have it, remembering this is where it all begins that all achievement begins with an idea. Barnes had a burning desire that was not a hope. It was not a wish. It was a pulsating desire which transcended everything else. It was definite. Barnes wanted to work with Edison, even though there was no evidence of these two meeting. It wasn't like Edison and Barnes had been talking about this idea for a while. It was Barnes's idea. And when he started to move this idea into form, I'm sure he thought it was crazy and something he wouldn't go shouting out from the rooftops. Going from where we are now to where we want to go is a process. You're never ready to start something and you'll never be 100% ready. You just need to start and do the thing that you want to do. When I moved from Canada to the U.S. in early 2001, I remember following this process and not sure of exactly how I was going to do it. Proctor would always remind us that we don't need to know how we'll do what we want, but we just get started and the way will be shown. That was true. The way will always be shown, along with a billion obstacles that will also show up to try to deter you from moving forward. You just need to know what you want and why, and this will drive your behavior. You can only explain how you did it after the fact, looking back once you arrive there. Do you know what you want? Do you have that burning desire that Edison saw in Barnes's eyes? Remember it's difficult to see your own potential, but others can surely see it in us. That burning desire of what you want radiates from you and others can pick up this energy and like Edison did with Barnes, help move you to where you need to go. That's why you can't be shy about what you're working on. You'll need all the help you can get from as many different sources as possible and there's something else to consider. Every person who wins in any undertaking must be willing to burn his ships and cut all sources of retreat. Barnes did this when he found his way to New Jersey to meet with Edison, and Dr. David Sinclair did it when he left Australia for MIT. I remember doing it when I left Toronto. There was no going back saying, oh, it didn't work out because I'd burned all ships and had no other options. Which brings us to the important six steps to achieve your goal in chapter two. You'll notice that these steps are written with the idea of drawing finances to you. But these six steps can be used to bring any goal your way. These are the six steps I have written on my wall that I read and write every day. And Grant Cardone, undercover billionaire, says he does this as well. All six steps every day, twice a day. And I've watched him do it with a legal pad of paper in less than three minutes. These six steps will help you put your goal into your non-conscious mind so that it eventually happens on autopilot without much effort at all. Here are the six steps to put any goal into our non-conscious mind. So it eventually happens on autopilot without much effort at all. Step one. Write out a clear description of what you want. And we covered this extensively in part one of the book study. Step two, you must be prepared to give something of value up in return for what you want. There is no such thing as something for nothing. When you begin working on your action steps, it will become clear what you're giving up. Step three, set a date for when you intend to have the goal that you desire. Step four, create your action plan to carry out what you want, whether you're ready for it or not. Step five, write this out in detail. And step six, read what you wrote twice a day. And as you read it, see and feel and believe yourself already in the possession of what you want. It's this simple, but not really, because most people won't follow these steps. I was surprised when I watched Grant Cardone demonstrating how he writes and reads his goals twice a day, mostly because I know where this idea originated from, and most people miss the reading out loud part. Cardone didn't. He knows these six steps and didn't miss one of them. It's easy to read this book and grab some ideas to implement and then make some mistakes, and you don't do exactly what the book suggests. That's why it's called Think and Grow Rich. I wanted to cover some common mistakes that are made when setting goals that will guarantee none of this will work. Mistake number one, people set goals on what they know they can already do or what they've done in the past. You'll be sure to fail this way because there's no inspiration in going after what you already know you can do. You must really stretch yourself and think what you want that takes you beyond where you've ever been before in this process. Mistake two, You'll be sure to fail if you don't change your plans when they aren't working. If your plan A fails, do you have a plan B? And finally, remember, you don't need to know exactly how you will attain your goals. Just begin, do the work, and eventually you'll achieve it. And only then will you be able to explain this process to others. Chapter two has some examples of well-known, highly successful people who have put these ideas into action and ends with Hill summarizing the process for us when he says, I want to convey the thought that all achievement, no matter what its nature or purpose, must begin with an intense burning desire for something definite. Through some strange and powerful principle of mental chemistry, nature wraps up in the impulse of strong desire that something which recognizes no such word as impossible and accepts no such reality as failure. We must also remember there's a difference between wishing for something and being ready to receive it. Remember that look that Edison saw in Barnes's eyes? Did you have that look with whatever it is you want? If I was standing in front of you and asked you, what do you really want? Would you answer this question clearly and confidently with that look in your eye and be able to show me that you could use the six steps with your action plan? Or would this question catch you off guard, like when Proctor first asked me and I wasn't prepared to answer it? This brings new meaning to the quote, luck is when preparation and opportunity meet. How? Over time, we become better at what we do. Every day that we write and repeat our vision out loud, it etches deeper into our being. Our vision becomes who we are and we never let it rest until we perfect our craft and achieve our goals. Keep going and remember if a person is not prepared when the opportunity arises, it will only make them look foolish. Always be prepared. But how do I overcome my fears? What happens when you begin moving towards your big outrageous idea and fear or doubt start to set in, ruining your vision and making you want to give up? This will happen. It will happen more times than you'd like. Dr. Sinclair mentioned it happened to him when he finally got to MIT to work on his vision of creating anti-aging strategies. And the people he worked with challenged his ideas, urging him to reconsider his vision and that anti-aging wasn't a thing to study. He talked about this on Joe Rogan's podcast that he actually called home and was worried that he'd made a mistake with his vision. It's easy to see how this happens when it's not you who's experiencing the fear. Look at the image in the show notes where you see your inspired idea that you're working on with focused thought. I wrote about this in my first book, The Secret for Teens Revealed, and it's something I learned from my early days of working with Proctor. It's called the terror barrier or change mechanism. To break through to a new level, you'll need to break through what Proctor called the terror barrier, and I renamed it in my book, The Change Mechanism. It's what happens when you have a major shift in your life, and you begin to feel scared deep inside that maybe you've made a mistake. Your entire central nervous system starts to go off as you begin to think of this new thought. I remember feeling this when I quit my teaching job, broke my contract with Toronto District School Board, and went to work for Proctor for $10 an hour. It didn't help that my dad screamed at me that I would regret this decision for the rest of my life. But I really did believe there was more I needed to learn. So you're gonna go through these four stages anytime you start a new idea. It starts with stage one, help, I'm stuck. When you're here, you're living in your comfort zone. Life is easy because you're not stretching outside your comfort zone. There's no discomfort or fear. But if you were to be honest, this type of life is playing it safe. You might know you're capable of so much more, but are afraid to take the necessary steps needed for this change. You're stuck here in your old paradigm. If you look in the image in the show notes, I show a person who is thinking X thoughts in their conscious mind or whatever thoughts they're thinking currently getting them the results they're getting. And so they're thinking those same thoughts, X thoughts in their non-conscious mind, getting them X results or the same results. They're not doing anything new and their results will stay the same. We've all been here stuck, not sure of how to make a change. Stage two, I'm frustrated. If we live life stuck for too long, you'll become frustrated because it's natural. We want to be, do or have more with our life. We're either creating expanding and growing or we're going the other way disintegrating not growing and frustrated the feeling of frustration can be motivating and push you to make change and try something different bringing us to stage three i'm making changes but it feels so uncomfortable at this stage you've taken a new idea and in the diagram i label it the why idea in your conscious mind but your non-conscious mind still has your old way of thinking your ex idea. And so there's cognitive dissonance at the brain level. The new idea might be a new job moving somewhere else, or maybe an entire career change. And suddenly in the middle of the decision-making process, your entire central nervous system goes out of control. You're overcome with fear. And it's because your non-conscious mind is still operating with your old idea of what you were doing before you thought of this new idea. And you'll think you've made a mistake and question your decision. You wanna go back to the old way at this point we must understand that the opposite of fear is faith leading us to chapter three of the book we feel fear because we lack understanding faith is based on understanding and when we have it we can move forward and never look back at our old life we will only advance forward to new opportunity with understanding and with the use of faith it's here that we break free from our past and experience the final stage Stage four, which is freedom. Freedom is achieved when we step outside of our comfort zone, feeling uncomfortable, but we do it anyway and keep moving towards growth. You'll see in the diagram, I've got a Y idea in the conscious mind, the new idea. And over time, the Y idea goes into our non conscious mind, giving us the new Y type results. And over time, you'll notice that you've made the switch. You've broke free from your past where you were stuck into a more fulfilling life, creating this new result. And you did this using faith that Hill said is the head chemist of the mind. So how do we develop faith? Faith is a state of mind that may be induced or created by affirmations or repeated instructions through the principle of auto-suggestion. We develop faith by following the six steps, writing and reading our goals out loud every day, twice a day, until it moves into our non-conscious mind on auto-suggestion. It's a process. If you've never read your goals out loud before, I'll tell you what feels really weird in the beginning. When I first started doing this activity, I would close my office window thinking my neighbors will think I'm crazy, especially when I did this process trying to win grant funding for some of the projects I was working on. The first time you do this, you'll feel weird until with time, your words flow quickly, confidently, and easily. You'll read your goals out loud as if you're already in possession of them. I found it helps to say something like, I'm so happy and grateful now that, and whatever it is that you want, I put now that i'm awarded a fifty thousand dollar grant to work with students in our schools or whatever it is that you might be working on this is the part where we may all have different beliefs with this process but if you're like me and believe there's something bigger than you you can call it whatever you want god spirit infinite intelligence whatever you call it you'll feel it in this process hill wrote that faith is the element The chemical which when mixed with prayer gives one direct communication with infinite intelligence. We must have faith in our dreams, not our doubts. This is a process that comes from following the six steps of reading, writing our goals every day, and it doesn't need a lot of time. Grant Cardone, like I mentioned, did it in less than three minutes. Faith is a state of mind that will develop as you become more self-aware, self-confident with this experience. Remember to become unwavering with our faith, you must go through the terror barrier and match up your conscious mind with your non-conscious mind with your new idea. You'll continue to build faith through auto-suggestion when you write and read out loud your goals. Just pick one idea that you're going to work on. And as you move towards it with new actions, you'll develop new self-confidence, self-awareness, and self-esteem. This will lead to belief. One day you'll be working and you'll think back to the early days when you didn't have that level of confidence, faith, and belief that you have today. And you'll be grateful that you stepped outside of your comfort zone through the fear with faith at your side into a new life that has more opportunity than you ever realized. Whatever it is you're working on, remember that with understanding, you can move past the fears, doubts, and uncertainties to hope. And this changes your entire mindset, giving you faith, fueling you to keep moving forward. I hope you're enjoying studying this book with me as I'm diving deeper into my notes more thoroughly than I've ever done in the past. Some of the wisest people in the world have studied these principles. It doesn't matter what your background or level of education is. The playing field is equal for all of us. This book is the essence of success that can be used in anyone's life. I'll see you in a few days as we move into our next episode of this book study with specialized knowledge, imagination, and organized planning. And we also have an interview coming up with Nick Johnson from Singapore The author of the important and timely book, Executive Loneliness, The Five Pathways to Overcome Isolation, Stress, Anxiety, and Depression in the Modern Business World. See you in a few days.